My guest today is Dr. Daniel McCarthy, Director of Mind Potential Psychology. Daniel joins us from Queensland, and we're going to have a chat today about the things that psychologists do. Daniel, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Wayne. It's always a pleasure to have you back with us. Now, some people who uh, have not had experience with mental illness get maybe a bit confused about psychologists and psychiatrists. I wonder if you could sort them out for us. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really common confusion and really understandable um, for people out there to mix the two up. Um, So basically a psychiatrist works typically more from a medical model and they are able to prescribe medications, whereas psychologists, we work with things like thoughts, feelings, behaviour to try to help um, address mental health concerns and we're not able to prescribe medications. So I think they're probably the big differences, although a lot of psychiatrists these days will do um, some psychotherapy as well. So psychotherapy is the, the, the talking part of it? Yeah, so that's the target therapy. That's what we might do. So we might do um, some form of evidence-based um, therapy. So that might be something like cognitive behaviour therapy or better known as CBT. Um, acceptance commitment therapy is another really common one um, or ACT as we call it. Um, mindfulness-based therapies um, is another really common one with really strong evidence base behind it. Now that strong evidence base is important because it's, it's easy to go, well, psychiatrists are doctors and therefore they must be scientifically trained. But psychology is also a science, isn't it? Absolutely. And so during our training, we learn these different techniques and we're actually, um, we're early ethically um, and professionally only allowed to um, practice from an evidence-based therapeutic framework, if that makes sense. So um, we, you know, we're held accountable to by a board and we are required to put into place um, evidence-based therapies. So that might be a CBT act or a mindfulness-based approach or something similar. Can you give us a quick thumbnail of how they're different? Cognitive behaviour therapy was just really well known. It's been around for so long now. Um, So that works a lot with thoughts and behaviours and it might look at the fact that we have a lot of thoughts as human beings and that not all all of those thoughts are necessarily true or realistic, but they do affect how we feel. So if we've got a lot of, um, you know, um, anxiety-provoking thoughts or uh, depressive sort of thoughts, um, they will affect how we feel and we'll feel anxious or negative or depressed as a result. So we, as CBT, would look at those thoughts and look at challenging those thoughts um, Mm -hmm. and coming up with more realistic or helpful thoughts Um, as opposed to acceptance and commitment therapy it would take a slightly different approach where it would more look at the fact that again we have a lot of thoughts as human beings um, but it would more look at trying to do what we call diffuse um, the person from those thoughts so to create some space for them and start to see that hey they're just thoughts they're just mental activity in actual fact we have 60 to 70 thousand thoughts a day Um, And as opposed to challenging every single one, we're more going to take a step back and just observe and notice them for what they are, which is thoughts that come and go. Um, Not necessarily realistic, not necessarily unrealistic, but just thoughts. And then from that place, when we're diffused from them, we can choose a different way of relating to them, um, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And um, mindfulness is actually a component of acceptance commitment therapy as well as like a therapy in and of itself. So mindfulness is an approach where it helps us um, to become aware of our internal processes like thoughts, feelings, body sensations and be able to, yeah, take a step back from them and observe them and notice them as opposed to being caught up or fused with them. 
And when we can do that, they start to have less of a strong impact on us um, and we can choose our responses to them accordingly as opposed to being in a reactive standpoint. And mindfulness also teaches us to be in the present moment as opposed to caught up in our heads and caught up in thoughts about the future or the past. Danielle, it sounds to me like there are some distinct treatment paths there that psychologists use and psychiatrists, as you mentioned, have access to medication. How do the two fit together? Is this a competitive process or how does it work? Yeah, yeah, good question. I don't see it as a competitive process in actual fact, even though as psychologists we don't directly prescribe medication. So a client would walk through our door, they might already be on medication. And in actual fact, for some people, um, the medication can actually help take an edge or reduce the severity of their symptoms a little bit and actually allow them to engage in the psychological process a bit better and put into place our strategy. Um, so they can work really well together. Other times uh, we might be seeing a client for a while and realize that we're not making as much movement as we should. And that maybe medication can assist with, again, taking the edge off the symptoms and allowing them to engage in the process a bit more effectively. So we might liaise with their GP or their psychiatrist to discuss that option. And then they can meet with the client and decide if, you know, they should, uh, could use some medication to assist. So even though we don't directly prescribe, it doesn't mean we don't see that sometimes there is a place for it. It just wouldn't be our first go-to. Now, at Mind Potential Psychology, I know you have a number of specialists. Can you just run through some of the specialisations that you do there for us? Yeah, so we've got you know different psychologists who enjoy or have a good amount of experience working with different presentations. So I guess most of, well, every psychologist really is trained in the really common presentations such as anxiety, depression, stress. Mm -hmm. they're, they're always going to be our top mental health conditions. And so we've all got experience working in those. But then you've got, um, you know, maybe less common ones that then psychologists um, grow a, an interest for and gain more experience in. So you, you might have trauma. So we've got psychologists who work with trauma or chronic pain or uh, body image issues, as well as um, even the ages. So we've got some psychologists work, who work a lot with children or with adolescents. So not every psychologist um, would work with children, adolescents and adults. So it tends mm -hmm. to be more a special interest. So if a psychologist really enjoys that area of work and wants to build more experience, they'll go and do um, more development working with children and learn more about the different therapies and whatnot. And Danielle, do people uh, self-select for the mind potential psychology or do they come referred or does not matter? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So we have a range of different referral options um, and, you know, anywhere from getting a referral from the GP or coming in through the work their workplace um, is another common one or um, just actually calling us and coming in privately and saying, hey, I'm, I've got this going on for me. Could you guys assist? And then they come in and start seeing us. So it could be any, any way. Um, Danielle, it's been lovely talking with you again today. I do appreciate your time. Thank you very much for sharing with us. No worries. Thanks, Wayne.